Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mr. Sharm in English. We are in middle, still in the middle of chapter 19, uh, discussing the components and elements of what a chassid is. And in the last podcast, we really discussed that one of the things he agonizes are um, about the destruction of the temple, how it's a, a diminishment, it, it's just an incredible diminishment of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's honor and glory, and that as people also are in Gullus, are exiled, were scattered throughout the world, and that's an ultimate diminishment of the of uh, of of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's honor. And we said that all this Chassid wants to do is is purely selfless, zero self and self self motivate uh, like a selfless acts. He doesn't want he doesn't do anything for himself. He wants to merely increase the honor of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's why he does the avodah because it gives honor to Hakadosh Baruch Hu by doing it. Then we talk also about that he also longs for Klal Yisrael themselves to be honored and elevated because, again, since we are God's nation and God's people, we require, it will be an ultimate elevation to God's honor if his nation, if his people, his children are increased in honor as well. So, obviously, one of the things he'll be doing is longing for the Messiah to come and will also be doing other things to help benefit the Jews. And that's what we're up to right now. So there's a second principle regarding a chassid's intent. So that the first intent we said in a nutshell is his intention is, tr- is strictly to increase the honor of the Rabban Shalom. Now, what's the second intent? And that is he intended for the benefit of the generations in which he lives. He does a mitzvah, okay, when it when he does a mitzvah, he says, "I want this to be a merit of the generation that I am living in right now." Because we know that not, and, and it's going to be needed, as the Ramchal is going to explain. We need to have tzaddikim. We need to have the righteous people do things for our our behalf. We need him. We need it in order for the world to survive, as we're about to explain. For indeed. It is proper that every chassid have in mind while performing his mitzvahs that they be the benefit for the entire generation, namely to confer merit upon them and to protect the dar. We need it. Remember, tzaddikim protect us from kitra, from prosecutions, from heavenly prosecutions and so on. And remember, that's also totally selfless. They get nothing out of it. They do it strictly for, again, to increase the honor of Kala Yisrael and to protect them and to give them merits. As it says in Yeshayo, tell the righteous person that it is good, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. You know, the Gemara Tainus talks about how tzaddikim, when there was a when they would treat when they would, when there wouldn't be any rain, we would first go to the tzaddikim to fast because they are the ones that have the merits that can merit Klai Yisrael. You know, sometimes you hear tzchus of a tzaddik and so on and all these things. So, but it says in Yeshayo, tell the righteous person that it is good for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds, which means what? That they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. It means that the entire generation eats from the fruits, quote unquote, from the deeds or from the, the merits of the righteous person. And so did our sages of blessed memory status again. When Moshe sent the spies, right, to learn about the land of Canaan, and he instructed them, he says, he wants, he asked them, he told them, go see, he uses the term, is the, he says, in yesh, Go hayesh ba eats. See if there is a tree in the in the land. 
Go see. What does he mean when it says there's a tree? He says, go investigate that there, if there's a tree, just like a tree provides shade, it protects people from the sun. So too, um, see if there's anyone in, in um, if there's anyone in, uh, in that, in, in Eretz Yisrael at that time that can sort of protect their, the, the nations that are there from, uh, from being kicked out. So he wanted to, that's what he wanted the spies to go check out. And interestingly enough, I'm thinking, remember, Avram Avinu also, when, when it came to Saddam, he kept asking God, is there not one Sadiq there? Is there not two? Is there five? Give me one Sadiq, something that were, uh, that, uh, that can protect Saddam. And we know that uh, they didn't have anything. You see, but you see, Saddam can protect people. Now, you should realize also that it's important that this is what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. He wants that the Hasidim, of Klai saw that Tzadikim should confer merit and atone for those all other categories. And, and it's a really, really, for the people that don't do it, it's really, really important to understand. They also, that's why they suffer so much. They suffer for us because there's a kitra, there's a prosecution on Klai Yisrael, and therefore someone needs to suffer. And the Tzadikim, they're ready to take it. They take it with love. They suffer. A lot of Tzadikim, we know that the, you know, there's many Many Gadol that went through tremendous hardships. They're taking on these hardships so that Klai Yisrael can survive. Otherwise, it has to go to us, and we can't do that. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu knows that we can't, um, that, uh, that, that, that people, some people won't do it. So the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and, and Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want to destroy Klai Yisrael. He really wants to keep, he wants to keep them. So when Hasidim do this, when, when the Hasid, the, so therefore the Hasid must accomplish this both through the intent, as he has during the Avodah, as well as through his actual when he davens as well. That is, he should pray for his entire generation, that a Kaddish Baruch will grant atonement to anyone who requires atonement, and to influence anyone who needs repentance to help them repent. And the Chassid should also advocate in his davening, in his prayers for a Kaddish Baruch in the, in the defense for the entire generation. He's there. He's he, he's our lawyer. He's our he, he's protecting us. And he knows because unfortunately, some people you know we're in a we're in a, a, a time where there must be maybe I don't know four or five million Jews in the world. I don't know maybe more, but there's a very very small percentage of Jews that observe the Torah and mitzvahs for whatever reason that they don't deserve it. It's not about I'm not here to you know to to discipline or judge anyone. God forbid. You know, some people are just lost, but they're still Jews. And Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want them, doesn't want to obliterate them. He doesn't he wants them to be part of Mashiach. He wants them to be part of the, the door. And therefore, that's why the, the tzaddikim go ahead on their behalf. That's why, they, that's what they do. They, they they atone and they suffer for these people. So, because otherwise, they're going to have to... Uh, you know, uh, they're going to have to pay the price if they're not going to do tshuva. So the, the, the tzaddikim do that. And the sages of the blessed memory have in fact stated about the Pasuk quoting, you know, uh, that, uh, that uh, what did he say? That in fact, about the verse quoting the statement of, of Gavriel. Uh, you see how Kodesh Baruch wants this because Gavriel, I don't, rem- I don't know the whole story and they don't go into it here, but Gavriel, he's a malach. And uh, he says, I've come because of your words. Um, Gavriel, what happened was he was, for, he was banned in the heavenly court in, in a, or the heavenly curtain. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu let him back in when Gavriel made a plea 
on behalf of the Jews to try to save them. He says, now that you made a plea for my people, now you can merit to be in our, my, my chambers again. And similarly, we found uh, the Gideon, Gideon. He was told by Hashem, go with strength of yours and you shall save Klai Yisrael from the grips of Madai. Of, of, of because, because he advocated for Klai Yisrael. Again, all these things here that when, when they advocate for Klai Yisrael. And why is it so important? Why is it so dear, this practice, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Why would he loves it so much that he wants to see it? And this is the incredible thing. And, and you could appreciate this, especially if you have children or, or if you love someone so much. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the love HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for this person who goes and entreats himself or pleads to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for his people. Can you imagine that love HaKadosh Baruch Hu has? I want you to imagine that uh, someone went and did uh, something for your someone, someone went and did something nice for your son or your child or your daughter or your wife. I mean, a really, really incredible thing, something that was way no reason why on earth would he be doing that, but he did it. It was an or he saved your son's life. I, you know, something like that. He went and put he pushed himself in front of a car, pushed his son out of the way out of the car. How do you feel towards that person? Or he's or, or someone stood up for your wife, or someone you know, made it. it did some sort of act to demonstrate something that was totally selfless for someone you love. How do you feel to as a person? I mean, Akar Satayv, of course, you feel great, grateful, but can you imagine how, can you imagine it, it, how, how, how you feel towards that person? Think about it. And that's how Akar Shporofu feels towards that, towards that tzaddik. It just magnifies his love for the tzaddik, magnifies even more because the people... HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves only those who love Israel, who love his people and love Klai Yisrael. To the extent that a, that a person magnifies his love for Klai Yisrael, Mida Kenegin Mida, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will magnify his love for him. So these people who give priority to the welfare of the Klai Yisrael, they are the true shepherds of Israel. And that's whom HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes great pleasure in, because they sacrifice themselves for his sheep, which meaning Klai Yisrael. And they seek out and exert themselves for the peace and welfare of the Jewish people in any way possible. And they're constantly standing and, and before Kodesh Baruch Hu and davening to, to annul harsh, harsh decrees. I mean, we have no idea what they do. We can't survive without them. It's incredible. And why? Um, and kind of, uh, and, and, uh, and to, to what's this compared to? Very simple. To a father who loves no person more than someone who sees loves he sees loves his children devotedly. This is something that can attest by human nature. You know that if you see someone demonstrate a love for your child, you have a tremendous connection to that person, a tremendous love for that person. And this obligation to pray for the protection of others is the concept demonstrated by the Kayan Gadol, right? About whom it stated he he, why we know that if a person kills by mistake, he has to go to the Ir Miklat. He has to go down to uh, the, the city of refuge. Therefore, and the Galadam, the person, the person, the relative of the person he killed by mistake is not allowed to kill him there. He's not allowed to redeem him here. And when does he get free? When is he allowed to leave the Ir Miklat? He stays there until the Kohen Gadol died. So the question is, why is the Kohen Gadol responsible for him? Why, why do he have to wait for the Kohen Gadol 
for to die for him to leave the Ermikla? And the answer is based on this concept. The Kohen Gadol has an obligation to daven for the Dar, for the generation. And if something like this happened during his generation, then he didn't daven enough. So he's held a little bit responsible because the Kodesh Baruch Hu holds him responsible. As, uh, as we see further, that uh, there was a certain sage, there, uh, there was a certain man who was devoured by a lion that was very close to Rabbi Shua ben Levi. And as a result of that, that means that Rabbi Shua ben Levi was, was, was not holding at a level where he could be, where, where the, being close to him would save him from an act, a tragedy like that. I guess a lion was very uncommon to have, to have that happen. And as a result, Elio Navi didn't, didn't show up. He used to learn with him and he didn't appear to him for three days because of it. So here you see proof of the obligation that is upon the Hasidim. It's not, not just, they have to do it. They need to do it in order to, uh, in order to, uh, to survive, for Kalei to survive. And uh, so now we have sufficiently, sufficiently clarified, we end the chapter, the primary components of the Hasidim, the details that are entrusted in them. You see how the intellect and each pure heart, how they conduct themselves in a proper manner, according to their fundamental principles. So, wow, this was a big parak. Um, a big, this was a big chapter. It went through a lot of grounds. I think I'm going to make like a summary in the next podcast, just because I want to paint the overall picture. And then we can begin the next chapter, which is when is appropriate to start acting like this. Okay, see you next time.